podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I'm Justin. My brother, Justice Raji. Man, so uh, we're going to make a recording here probably be the last least of us together maybe i mean possibly of, of this calendar year and i figured we should um close with a bit of gratitude and grievances but more gratitude than the grievances but you know you gotta have a couple grievances in there but um the gratitude being the, the high side the top side of the eight and so to speak or the the, the thing we want to elevate the most and um i got one definition of gratitude from uh, folks who've ever listened to this before may have heard me mention the, the, the virtues project um and so i'm i'm a i could give a definition of gratitude or at least a reading maybe not the whole card but part of it but um just so we know what we're talking about you know what i'm saying because sometimes people you know we have a tendency in our current society to assume the words we use mean the same thing to the other people that we talk to so sometimes we give it a little detail if that's all right with you. Do it, brother. All right. Like all right. Cousin Vinny. Do it, brother. <laughs> Gratitude is a constant uh, attitude of thankfulness and appreciation for life as it unfolds. Uh, living in the moment, uh, we are open to the abundance around us and within us. We express appreciation freely. We contemplate the richness of our life. We feast on beauty. We notice small graces and thankful for daily gifts. In life's trials, we seek to understand to accept and to learn. Gratitude is the essence of genuine happiness. It is a virtue you can never have too much of. Gratitude is a continual celebration of life. That's a pretty good one. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to yeah. the Virtues Project. You know what I mean? So you got anything to add on? Just being yeah, the value of gratitude? Thing, yeah, one thing that I've learned is, is, is truly the power of gratitude, um, which I think we can take for granted. I think it's, you know, it's like a child who like, how was it? Was it good? Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. children learn very early. We all learn very early to say something is good and not really define what it is mm-hmm. and not be present with something. And I think, you know, learning about gratitude and even how gratitude shapes your brain and shapes the chemicals that you admit in your brain, which your view of the world becomes really important. And I think um, being able to express what you're grateful for is able to affirm what you want in life versus what you don't want, which is what we've learned in the algorithm is to be more aware and conscious of what we don't like, mm-hmm. but not affirm what we do like and what we are grateful for, what we're in the moment for and what brings us genuine happiness. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. So <clears throat> we're going to do today is share a little bit of a, uh, Things that we want to, you know, ex- express our gratitude for, you know what I'm saying, this in this last, uh, like I said, calendar year or whatever, however, whatever the, however it suits you, 
and then um you know like i said a few grievances um you know all in 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 the, in, in the intention to uh be present in the moment be appreciative but also see where we going um I, i'll start off and i'll start off with um you know the one that that you know would be probably be um I'd probably be remiss and not mention it, even though I've mentioned it on this space. And although this space does not necessarily reflect any type of specific nature as a like campaign tool or a public voice of me as a, a seated, uh, you know, elected school board member. However, um, you know, I ran for public office this year and was elected and it took a lot of work. It was a lot of energy. It was a lot of personal angst and, um, a, a great deal of people, I mean, besides the great deal of people who voted in the election, they voted for me, you know, one love to them, but also, you know, one love to everybody that participated in the elections. Cause I believe in participating in elections, you know what I'm saying? One love to y'all, even if you voted for other people, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? You got out there, got involved in the system, um, you know, to the degree that's what we need to do. Um, but really the, um, the, you know, having about half a year now of actually serving, so going through like half a year, you know, took basically from when I decided to run to getting elected, then serving, and the tremendous amount of support and positive words a lot of folks have uh, have extended, um, you know, before, after folks who, you know, now on the other side, you know, of the election, you know, have expressed their support and or have reached out to offer, you know, offer something, you know what I'm saying, in terms of what it means to be seated in a position where people, you know, have expectations, you you have responsibilities, and and being, a, I guess, an official public person in a way that maybe other parts of, uh, at least since we, you know, um, stopped, you know, rapping <laughs> regularly, which even then, I don't know how, I mean, we're public, but I don't know how public, we was <laughs> like not like right. nobody voted for you to rap. Anybody like yeah, we had election. You, you made it right. Well, you, well, you chose your, you chose yourself, and then see how many people came to the show to determine if they right. if you think the public had an appetite. Right, because work it out. It seems like people like us, right? But when you you know you, I mean you know, we've worked in in the in the public sphere and in public services um, most of our lives, and know that like it does mean something to be like publicly accountable, or at least to have the the day-to-day presence that your actions, your decisions, um, you know, bear some weight or scrutiny, uh, bear uh, eyes are on you. You know what I mean? People are looking and, um, and, 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 and then I think that the positive side that folks are hoping you're going to do a good job. Right. I think that's the, uh, the thing I want to express the most gratitude is like folks like, yeah, we think, we think you're a person that could be trusted to do this. And and we hope that you will do, good things with it so i just want to you know shout out to uh you know everybody helped me with the campaign you know what i'm saying um i don't i don't know if they people want their names i'm not gonna say their name maybe i say it later. we'll think about that um but one love you know what i'm saying i want to express this it's, yeah it's a, it's a it's a big cheap i don't know if i'm ever gonna run for any other public public office however you know what i'm saying i want to be appreciative of the moment you know what i'm saying so, well, as the statement is said by every other pub- person that runs for public office in the future, uh, you know, I think I'm good with my seat right here. And they, you know, they'd be like, I think I'm the best person to be senator. I'm the best person to be congressman. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, God, I just wanted to take a moment to congratulate you um, because it is a 
you know, it is a big thing to move from being in the civic space to being in an, ele- an electoral space. There are pros and cons to both, right? Um, but there is a place where you decide to say in the court of public opinion, whose ideas make sense and matter and how can you put them into policy in a, you know, whether it's, you know, school board, city, county, you know, whatever have you. And, you know, as well as the school board being a place where a lot of your taxes are going regardless. Like, you know, the school board's like one of the places where, you know, people downplay it, but a lot of your money's going there and, you know, whatever you think about the product coming out, you're paying for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're paying for that product. Oh, you're paying a percentage of what it comes out of that thing. Um, to say nothing about the role of education and creating good, uh, creating a good society, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think you know your participation and willing to be a part of that sphere as well, the civic sphere, is um, <clears throat> a great and in, in, in your area, it's better off for for you being elected official. Yeah. Um, so. The thing, and it's not the thing I don't know if I'm most grateful for it, but when I think about it this year, is actually my, you know, continued evolving and learning about the context of global Blackness through travel. And the reason that this is important to me is that, you know, being, the unique thing about being Black in America is like you're othered here so you're so othered you assume that your othering is about like being unique and your othering is about what you bring to the table and being a freedom fighter or this that and the third then you go other places and you recognize like you're much more american than you think (laughs) you carry a lot more of that than you may than you may think of and i think you know this year in the past few years with the development of Afrobeats um, and that broader conversation and just the, also the bigger conversation about migration, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it means when people are moving. And obviously there's a whole lot of challenges with migration, specifically migration of Black people and people from the African diaspora moving to other places. So I want to name that mm-hmm. when we talk about the the African migrants who are coming from Senegal through Mexico, uh, through Panama to Mexico into America, mm-hmm. which is a part of the migration story that we're not talking about, mm-hmm. or Haitians having to go to Mexico to get to America now, mm-hmm. you know, like, but and what that means, and how that is changing the world, and you know, um, recently an article came out about how like there are more Africans speaking French (laughs) now (laughs) than like any other place in the world and how Africa and Africans are changing French and what that means and what that looks like and all those kind of things. And I think as part of my learning, we learn how to truly make black folks in America and all the things that we've brought to the table, part of the conversation, but not all of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And we've been used to thinking that our experience was the conversation versus part of the conversation. I think we're being getting access to be able to to have that conversation in a nuanced way 
back and forth via, via art, via culture, via music um, for the time that we're in. So I'm actually grateful for that because I think it'll actually strengthen the bonds of people and actually able to see people of the diaspora um, and see the relationships, you know, the FBA conversation and all those conversations, not, not responding, notwithstanding, but the, the bigger picture. Right. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be able to travel and be able to see that in play um, and, and recognize my part of it. And as we kind of work on different projects to expand that, I think um, that's a really important part of where we need to head as a people and the role of, you know, blackness globally. All right. I appreciate that. And I mean, <clears throat> for those that don't know, Majestic seems to always know some stuff about something especially as it pertains to black people that you don't know how he know that and um <laughs> you know and i appreciate it you know what i'm saying he, like i never i've never i'm never surprised i've never or, or was it is it not surprised like you know we're like oh we over here oh that's what it's so but how do you know that like how did you all right man whatever man. <laughs> it's reading books and using the internet for its intended Listen, purpose man. or something out here Internet is your friend. It could be your enemy, but it could be your friend, man. Right. Like, and, and we should use it in a way to learn more about the the cross currents that make us unique and make us us. Um, just actually was reading an article about a sister in Philly who has a bookshop named Harriet's Bookshop, and she is doing a project now in Paris where she opened up a, a salon and a pop-up bookstore in Paris dedicated to Josephine Baker, right? And mm -hmm. for folks who may not know Josephine Baker, you know, left America, well, lived in Philadelphia for a year, didn't know that, left America, moved to uh, to France, uh, um, was rumored to be a British spy, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. Yeah, complicated yeah. lives, right? Like, which, which sometimes we also downplay. We'd be like, "Oh man, people for that lived in the thirties and forties. All they did was like listen to the radio and like, you know what I mean? Like, have ten children. <laughs> they they had complicated lives, right? Yeah, they was out. They was active. They were doing things. They're they super active, on. man. And so, just talking about that and how a sister from a sister that's doing stuff in Philadelphia is connecting these, uh, these dots, if you will, to you know, women, you know, women of black women in Paris and the experience of black expats in Paris and, and kind of what those things mean. Right. And so, you know, and again, in our generation, this is going to be a little bit of an old pine here. I do want to give honor and respect to the burgeoning, largely black women led kind of broad travel perspective, mm -hmm. but also you kind of see this vantage point where it's like where do black people travel and it's like to islands mm -hmm. <laughs> right and i want to say something wrong with travel i don't i want to state that but i'm saying there's also a bigger kind of experience that the algorithm may kind of direct you to go places where you could take pictures under lights and on swings versus like understand the global context and even if you do go to an island are you understanding the global context of blackness Mm -hmm. That's taking place there, especially when, you know, they're most of the people on that island that are serving you look like you. Yeah. 
you know, and so just just that those complexities. And as you as you often talk about, just how do we wrestle with the complexities of something? And that doesn't always mean, you know, go up or down on something, but it does mean we wrestle with the complexities. So, so yeah. But more more to come. But more to come. That's that's one thing. (laughs) All right, peace. All right, so. My first grievance. Uh, just, I mean, I you know, I got, you know, I could, I could get, I could be grievancing all day if you if you let me. I mean, you know, I I, I try not I to be. You can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to do better, but you know, I want to be productive in my in my grievancing. So, uh, I I'll actually stay in the theme of, of of related and just so I can say it and then I can move on. But you know, I think and I think I might have shared on here at the. I don't remember if we did in on our other conversations, but folks really need, I, I would really like folks. One of my grievances is just folks to get, find a, find a pathway, you know, to get engaged in, in some of our electoral realities. You know what I'm saying? Our electoral processes, um, you know, whether it's on a party level, if it's on a organizing level, it's on a, even just getting people registered to vote level. Um, or if it's on, you know, really, building up the capacity for other um methodologies or other other means of organizing folks's voice and presence um and and more and i say voice and presence because sometimes i think we get we get we make assumptions about someone's voice being heard leading to an outcome that is not Mm. always the case um Mm. you know what i mean and like sometimes yeah okay we heard your voice and it's like yeah but we still go do this other thing Right. Or there's other factors involved here. Uh, you know, um, I would say the, the, the classic era sometimes in folks framing and analysis is that folks make decisions due to a lack of knowledge. And sometimes it's like, no, they knew exactly what they were doing <laughs> when they made that decision. Right. Like or they didn't consider that knowledge, you know, um, important to that decision or whatever the case may be. Uh, and so like being involved in some of these in our electoral in your local politics, uh, you know, neighborhood stuff. You got a neighborhood association that makes decisions about the park. Man, get up in there. Like you, you don't gotta care most of the time to make those ain't offices that you gotta get, you know, talk to the to the to um at least not these days, maybe back like in the thirties or the fifties in, in in Chicago and a couple other cities where they had real machine politics, you might have needed to get involved. In order to be, uh, you know, to to have impact, but in a lot of places these days, those local bodies, the water bureau, the the um, you know, if you got a parks district, all that's places where you can make a positive impact on what's happening in your community, uh, without maybe feel if you know if you feel put off by sort of the larger national conversation around politics, which I can dig, right? You know, what I'm saying mm. it's not always healthy. It's not healthy. It's not, not not always healthy. It's an understatement. It's not healthy. <laughs> However, the the day to day life that you experience, more than likely where you live, is run by people who keep showing up to the meetings, and you and and the data always shows that even people our age are not involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I'm saying, and you know, or or it's a small subset of people our age, and, and it's cool if you ain't really into it. I mean, I I guess I could dig it. But I need you, I really would, you know, my 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 grievance is like, you know, and, and present company included. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even like I said, part of my own motivation is that I've said I wanted to contribute. And so I had to put my money where my mouth is. 
And so therefore, you know, I'm I'm out here sitting sitting, sitting on a dais. I said we have a whole dais now. We ain't have a dais. We had like these tables before, and then like we came to like third meeting, and it was a whole dais. It's crazy. But anyway, what's appropriate it. for over for an overlord? That's that's how oh, I, I was just watching. I was just watching uh, one of the manga movies, and they had a brother on, on the dais, so it makes it makes sense. <laughs> so, with that, that's my uh, grievance number one. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's uh, yeah, man. I need I need folks to, 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 to get in the mix here, man. Get in the pool a little bit. Real, put your toes in. Do stuff, something. And a real quick thing about that. Real quick thing uh, uh, that I will say about that, and and I get it, and I think systems have conspired to create a perfect storm when people don't care about things that really impact them, right? Which is counterintuitive. Yeah. That, like, you wouldn't care about something where all your money's going, right? Yep. Like, if you pay someone, if you, you know, depending on how much your tax burden is in a particular place, but let's just say, generally speaking, you pay around 25% of your money, right? Mm-hmm. You get $100, $25 of it goes to somebody else to do something with. Yep. So the fact that you give somebody one a quarter of your money, and then if you get some more money, you give them more than a quarter of your money, sometimes up to 48% of your money, if you're not good at how to create tax shelters and shit, <laughs> then you should care where it goes. So even if someone's taking one out of every four dollars you make, you should want to know how that dollar is spent. And is it being spent to your interest? But through other things, we'll say like it doesn't matter. And and also, even though you put good people in systems until you start to have the balance of people in systems, because I think there's a conversation we've had around like systems thinking. Mm-hmm. Where you talking about the system, but you still have to have good people in the system. Yeah. And you have to have good people representing the system. You have to have good people moving the system. And you actually have to have good people with the resource allocation and outcomes of said system. Because you could be, you could make wise judgments as a, a you know, um, a member of the school board, but someone is sitting in an office. And the bureaucracy still has to do the thing in a way that benefits people well. So it's not just systems. It's also people. I think, you know, obviously, importantly, people have moved like systems thinking, but you also have to move to people thinking. It has to be a mix of the two. So, you know, um, I agree with you that people should be involved if for no other reason that if you don't think about how your money is spent, someone else thinks about how your money is spent. And without going into it, clearly, when you just see the, the situations going on in the world right now, we make decisions about where we send resources. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter if you're saying the Ukraine, you could be saying the Congo or lack thereof. You could be saying Israel, Gaza, wherever you're saying it is literally we're spending billions of dollars sending resources to other places. And we should be thoughtful around that. Absolutely. And uh, uh and, and people are, but and there's a tradition of, of black folks particularly caring about foreign policy which um, doesn't get talked about enough. But anyway. Um, all right, man. I'm going to have an unpopular grievance here. <laughs> letting you know. My biggest grievance is with thieves and carjackers. And I'm going to explain why that's my biggest grievance. 
in most cities in America, crime writ large is down. There's a couple of exceptions, but most cities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Personal theft, though, is up. And not just the actual thing that got taken from you, but the perception of how your your safety in a space has been really impacted recently by personal theft and as well as organized retail theft, though obviously there's some other politics to that mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. Because it's organized retail theft. When when somebody goes in a joint and they steal all this stuff. Don't think it all just gets sold on the internet. It all gets sold on that Facebook page right, <laughs> where right. they lay the jackets out. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they lay the right. Like, you know what I mean? The words are over. It's a deeper, darker, more personal link. It's something else going on. It's organized retail theft. But the idea of you getting in your car and like, Someone coming up to you, taking you out of your car, driving your car, using it to do other crimes, and then crashing your car. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty. Everyday. It sets off a set of traumas that reverberate beyond just the crime you committed. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be real about this. And you know, it's unpopular because sometimes, obviously, we we talk about not wanting to criminalize people. But there are people who are doing criminal things. So there's a difference between criminalizing you before you've done something and a person that has made a decision. Now, that is not your only decision in the world. I'm not defining you by that decision. But I also think it's important that we recognize that those decisions have impacts on other people. Absolutely. You know, there were times where there were other crimes going on and, you know, America responded to those crimes in very, very intentional and harsh ways. When people saw the beginning of organized, you know, kind of narcotics organizations, because they were organized. They were organizations. They were not gangs, right? When you're talking about Big Meech and all of that's not a gang. Mm -hmm. That's that's the mafia, right? That's, uh, you know, in in other worlds, that's the Yakuza. Like, there's a thing there. Yeah. And we created harsh sentences for folks who were selling crack versus cocaine because we know you know black folks were selling crack right and 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 also our, our brown brothers like you know puerto rican brothers and you know what i'm saying our two million brothers um so we we know that 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 occurred um and i think we're going to see a lot more harsh rules around what is currently happening but i do think i think we just need to really really be intentional in the community um, and let people know that, you know, harming people in the way that people are being harmed, um, it's not okay. Taking people's ability to take care of their families, to maybe do their job, right? When you steal someone's car, you could be stealing the methodology by where, how they how they make their money for their families, how they get their kids to school. Right. And, and it's not a, um, you know, I, I think the thing that, I I imagine and sometimes even well the like the the rationalization like oh well they you know well one is there's one part where it's like I don't care what happened to them people that's their problem like like it's almost like the idea like you if you you get if you a fish and you get eaten by a shark you shouldn't have been out here fishing 
<laughs> you should have been, been a shark. It's like, but I'm a fish though. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just swimming upstream. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't, I didn't come out here to like worry about somebody busting my back window out because they thought that you know, so they could steal my, take my car and and do whatever with it. Like I still got a all the other things in a, in, in a society that's so car dependent. Like you really could set, you know. I mean, I can just, I can look at it from when, you know, I mean, it was a different age. It was the 80s. Uh, however, you know, the multiple times my grandma's Camry, you know what I mean, got nabbed. Uh, thankfully, never like in a carjack situation, you know, just in a like, they, you know, stole it off the street. But that meant, you know, she had to rearrange her life so she could keep doing her job. Like that, you know, she had to, mom had to pick her up and other people had to do this and do that to get her around till we figured out a solution. And it wasn't like it wasn't, it wasn't no, uh, was no reserve fund <laughs> to protect right. against that. You know, the, the probably the, the 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 thing that made it livable was the the reality that you had enough family who were you know stable that we could help each other, right? And everybody don't got that. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's other consequences to those choices and decisions. You know what I'm saying? And whatever somebody's going through, or whatever their thought process where they've decided, like, yeah, this is how I'm gonna get it. It's like, it's it's lots of ways you can get it that don't involve you doing what you're doing, and I, you know, I I can't I can't uh, I would never look you somebody in the face, you know, even though I would uh, offer support and care to help that you know person that's uh, trying to exit that world, you know, I'd be I'd be here to talk to them. I'm gonna tell them though that 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 wasn't right. That shit you did, <laughs> that shit wasn't right. <laughs> like let's let's not there's no sugarcoating it. Like shit you did wasn't right. And at some point, you know what I mean, it's going to be on you to make amends about that. And um, I'm more than happy to help you. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I mean, I, I do I do stand by the idea that folks can recover, you know what I mean, from doing negative things out in the street and in the community. However, you know, you do need to bear, bear like, yo, I did that. That was me. I was out here busting, you know, somebody mama uh, window out because I wanted to go do some other foolishness. Or you know whatever. Yeah, case and, and like I said, I want to I want to be thoughtful, and it's not about criminalizing those who you know often find themselves with a lot of challenges. But also, again, let's be real: our people end up being the people who get impacted by this stuff the most. Mm-hmm. These aren't you ain't this ain't robbing jewelry stores, and this ain't that. Right, this ain't robbing. You know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they don't not have sheriff. Like, no, this man. And this ain't, you know, mug, you, you know, the fact that a woman may not be able to walk by herself it's at at at, at eleven PM because mug might jump out the car and grab her phone and grab it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. these are things that just eat away at our society. And I'm not saying that those people haven't had their societies eaten away at. Right. But you also like to your point, you gotta take accountability. Are you part of the problem? And then when they drop the ham on you, then now we all supposed to respond. Right. But you might have had unknowingly had a role in terrorizing people, man. And, you know, and, and, and terror, and it's even in the context of its political sense, is making people uncomfortable with what might occur. Mm-hmm. It ain't always what occurred. It's what might occur. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Just uh, you know, uh, I you know I never want to fall into some of that kind of twisted nostalgia about another time that was never okay. <laughs> right, right. 
I just thought, yeah, not trying to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, I say it to my old vantage point. It's like, man, bip, like, like that came back because you know that was that was that was seventies and eighties. That that was you yeah. Know, don't oh. leave nothing. Don't leave nothing you can see in your car because somebody might bust your window out. And like, if I had that to be something that has returned, I mean, you know, there's definitely you know larger, more complicated sociological factors about you know what are the <laughs> the, the the push and pull of um, illicit activity. But you know, we'll say that yes. for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's another day. But I want y'all motherfuckers to stop this, man. Yeah, cut, <laughs> it it cut it out. <laughs> yeah, sell it out, man. People don't want to go out, especially in certain cities, man. You in DC, you in certain places, man. Boxes, people on edge, man. Yeah. yeah. Y'all making it not cool for people to want to go out to dinner and shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Man, I just wanted to get a sandwich. I was going to get a yeah, nice, man, get, get a little cool. plate or something. And... Dog, like, you know what I'm saying? We can't, everybody can't be cool. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the jobs and opportunities that other people want get impacted because of the decisions that people make. But yeah. let's move on to your gratitude. Gratitude. <laughs> gratitude number two. All right. Let me think. I had down here. I'm going to just go with this one because, um, I mean, it, it's been a feature of the year. Um, but but the, the, the brotherhood this year, man. I mean, from present company, um, you know, and the things we've been talking about, things you've been doing. Um, you know, I just got back from seeing our, our good brother Ali Asha down in San Diego. We had a great weekend, um, great reconnecting, being in in, in person. Um, but also talking about the things that we want to do together. You know, our, our other brother. You know, what I'm saying, shout out to Knowledge Divine. You know, what I mean, the moves, waves he's making out here and and it's it's um you know we we lost you know dear friend and good brother uh you know uh sharky earlier this year at start of the year and um you know the appreciation for the time you have together to me is um I'm thankful for you know what I mean I'm happy about it it uh it's it serves me feeds me helps me stay kind of centered on the things that I that I like you know, really one out of life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, even if I'm alone, I'm never, I don't feel alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, all right, you know, you know, stuff is busy, but let me, well, let me You know, call. I think it's, it's interesting. It's like, you could be by yourself, but you're not alone, right? Because I think there's a difference in being by yourself yeah. and alone, right? Yeah. Like, we can be by ourselves, but there's a, there's a bigger sense of, of togetherness. Yeah. And, um, that we're intentional about doing so, yeah, absolutely. And so that really has been um, it's been a been a real, you know. And and as I as I tell folks, you know, I got friends in many walks of life. You know what I'm saying? So even you know amongst you know the brotherhood I have here, I, I got other I got other pockets. You know what I'm saying? The people that I that I that I socialize with and connect with and are meaningful to me. And all of those relationships, you know, as a person who's um. I'm, I'm tipping my hand a little bit on my on, on my my second grievance. Um, that has outside of the first half of the year, it's pretty much I, I, I kind of took a social media sabbatical to kind of assess like you know how do I what what is this this space this this idea this such feature of our of our current life of like sort of connecting with people and sharing like is, is it what does it mean is like you know the the time. That you the the jokes in the group chats the uh, the um, the the messages you send that you know are are most meaningful to that particular person because of the relationship you have with them 
right and the history that you have with them where they'll like i if i send you certain stuff you'll get it immediately like ah you know what i'm saying if i say get the jelly you know what i'm saying you know exactly what i'm talking about and, <laughs> you know what i'm saying which will not be mentioned you know what i'm saying so you had to be there you know what i'm saying as they say you had to be there like it's uh like all of that stuff is what makes life worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like and so I just really want to be stay in that appreciation, like of being oh, together, uh, spending time. <laughs> you ain't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> no, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> right. Bang. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I wanna I wanna center that, you know, be the middle of this conversation. It's like the the brotherhood staying connected. And I think particularly in terms of I mean, it's a very real reality and something I, I want to lean into in the next year and, and discussion around men and men's health is like you know a lot of, to me a lot of these kookamamie wackadoodle I don't know where y'all get this stuff from you know provocative language <laughs> podcasts and, and storytelling and writing that it's out here it's a lot of times me be like yo man where you you got some you got some friends bro you got somebody to hang out with <laughs> process what you you need man let's go get a sandwich let's go get some wings man come on man let's, let's go hang out man because like you see like you need it you need you need a you need to sit shoulder to shoulder with somebody and, and let you let your let your energy flow and um having access to that is a is something though because when, because when, it's hard it's hard sometimes folks to have long-term friendships it's hard to maintain um, connection and so I'm very, very, very appreciative. You know, what I'm saying of all, uh, all of the, the, the brotherhood and, and relationships. You know, you know, generally my larger relationships, but I want to center in on like my my brotherhood with like a lot of the, the men in my life. You know, what I'm saying that are my good brothers and and friends and and compadres. You know, what I'm saying, you know, comrades, comrades. Um, so, yeah. um, no, just to add on really quickly. Um, one, I, I 120 percent concur. Um, I think it's meaningful. I, there's a study I got to verify, right? Cause you got to verify shit on the internet now, but there's supposed to be peer review studies that talked about the quality of your relationships at 50 has a, a qualifiable correlation to your health at 80. Mm meaning that those who find themselves engaged in broadly healthy relationships at a certain time live longer. And we know that, right? Like we know the fact that like people quality relationships, even if they look different than maybe we all understand them, people live longer. Even if your uncle was in the basement, it was love there. Right. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> whatever happened at a certain time happened and he's in the basement but you know he get he gets a good plate and you know he's loved right yeah absolutely <laughs> and so just that idea of the meaningfulness of men's men being able to have relationships with men that do not compromise men's relationships with women mm. yeah yeah or vice versa yeah no nah, that's a real one there too Right. Like men being able to have quality relationships that uh, also allows to have quality family relationships and vice versa, because the algorithm produces conversations that goes towards one or the other. The algorithm produces like bros over hoes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or that 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 a podcast would do be like. When a strong woman comes into your life, brother, you'll be shaken. You're not going to know what to happen. 
she's gonna make your life different. You better figure it out. And he starts whispering and shit, like, yo, what you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but again, it's a dumbbell. People like things on opposite sides of the dumbbell. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the red pill stuff, frankly, came out of stoicism. Yeah. Like the art of manliness and some of that stuff, which is like for stoics, but people don't put it in context. The Stoics sat with each other. Mm-hmm. Like the Stoics didn't develop ideas in isolation, even though they were Stoics. Right, right. They they, they hung out with each other. <laughs> they thought about the shit and came and talked to each other about it yeah. for a long time. And tried to arrive at the best solution. Our structures and systems are not suited toward a long-term outcome of dialogue even when we're trying to receive information at best it might happen in a minute and 30 seconds mm-hmm. you can't have a rational conversation in a minute and 30 seconds yeah. and so thank you for bringing that up because we're we're stuck in an either or context in many communities yeah that is unhealthy and creating good brotherhood and good relationships writ large across gender across age across time is the not so secret secret to health and wellness yeah uh, so so my second piece of gratitude is actually something kind of uh, people could see as flintstoneish at this point and it's connected to my first one a little bit but but books mm. um i'm grateful for the reemergence and reestablishment of the idea that books matter Mm. because books are not just books they're also a process there's a process of sitting down being quiet taking in information and you're taking in information that doesn't require like it's not sound based i mean and, and and it could be and there are ways that audible and those things are really good ways to get information in a condensed manner, right? When you're traveling or different things, right? Just as podcasts, <laughs> current <laughs> current thing we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great, but it shouldn't necessarily replace you reading. Yeah, yeah. It's like, or talking to somebody else. Yeah, it should be <laughs> right. You should have to go talk to some people live. Yeah, you listen to say, us, like, go back. You talk to nobody. <laughs> And just because you're listening on Audible as a viable way of taking in information, also there is a specific, there's an explicit relationship to actually reading reading characters on a page mm-hmm. and processing them. And so I'm grateful that that medium has reemerged, right? Um, uh, into the way that I was able to go to a Barnes and Noble in um, Philly the other day, and like one Barnes and Noble's gotten like a makeover. They become like actual other bookstores that people actually like now, and they, they don't look like uh Harry Potter and shit in like Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> Cause you know Barnes and Nobles look like Harry Potter Seven Kingdoms. Like yeah, yeah, they they look was getting outdated. I say the the one, the one the the one that's closest to me. Like closed in the one building, and I didn't know if it was just going forever. But now they've reemerged on the other side of the shop center, and just like in a box space. I ain't been in there, but it looks different. 
you know, like, okay. And, still, and like, interesting story. Interesting story that the guy that runs Barnes and Noble now, and not Nobles, I understand for all my brothers and sisters who want to put <laughs> S's on the back of shit. Um, but sometimes it's just not there. It's the guy that ran, um, I think it's Bloodstone or Bridgestones. It's one of the largest bookstores in England. Okay. Okay. And when you go to London, the bookstores don't look like they look in America. And you become very clear. One, because they're not selling uh uh they're not selling chargers, <laughs> they're not selling lighters and shit like they do at the front oh, like, of the front, the front uh front ca- front area ephemera. USB charger and uh yeah, and a, and they're, a, and they're a not selling the, selling the very headlamp. the candy at the supermarket. Yeah. They're they're just bookstores, like for real. And and this new this this guy who's doing Barnes and Noble now has really taken the global understanding of bookstores and changed from Harry Potter to a more updated uh, take. And you can really tell that in in other cities, people are responding to that. Um, but I'm 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 grateful for books, the ones I want to call out, um, and some of we've discussed on here. Um, one is Crook Manifesto, which I'm early into by Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead is an amazing writer for folks who haven't read his books. Crook Manifesto was about like the 70s, um, kind of like a family story that intertwines with a crime story, but not enough that you think it's a crime novel. Like it's not power or some shit. Mm. Um, He's just an amazing writer. You should check him out. Um, Big Ideas by Rajiv Shah. Um, He worked at the Gates Foundation. Then he worked at USAID. Then he ran Rockefeller. Um, and runs Rockefeller Foundation and just talks about how big ideas take place and how do you actually make scalable change? Because we often debate that conversation. Mm -hmm. We want to make real change. Well, there are actually established methodologies for creating scalable change. Mm -hmm. But you don't do it just by talking to other people saying we need to do it. What are the examples of how it was done or how people failed in doing it? In having that conversation. Um, early, early digging into it, but the upcycle self by uh by Black Thought. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a fascinating book for me because it actually is part of a childhood memoir, not just for him, but for me, because he's talking about a time that if you're from Philadelphia or Delaware Valley, you remember. He's he's talking about that experience and how it how it impacted him Um, and actually having his elders also share stories, which I think is a very, very important part of books. Not just are you saying something, but what about the people around you? What are they saying about what they experienced around? you? And I think it's, you know, people say what they will, but I think it's good that like rappers are, you know, artists. Not just rap, but artists are having having these conversations about their their lives. And then the last one is, you know, Lucky Me by Rich Paul. Um, Messiah is reading it now, and um, it's interesting to see him read it and his take on it. Um, his take on a very Rust Belt experience um, out of Cleveland. You know, shout out to shout out to, to the land. Um, and just all the things that he went through in his family experience. And we've talked about it before, but I just think that these mediums matter. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for the fact that these mediums with authors, original authors, you know, uh, authors who are diverse, right, are telling unique stories in ways that will be here for us to to engage. All right. All right. Um, I don't have time. We'll do grievance, and then we'll get you know we'll get back to the, to the gratitude to close out. Um, so this one is a little more. You know. All right. So I don't know what kind of sled they got at your gym. But at the gym I most often go to, they got the one with the wheels, right? And it got wheels and it got levers, like supposed to re- increase the resistance. And it's always eight plates on that joint. And right. people is lying to themselves. They ain't that strong. They're just not. I've used that sled. It's cool. Like you get the strap, you do, you know, you do like backwards pulls, you push, pull, like it's a functional movement. Whoop, 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 whoop. But I feel like the wheels and the amount of plates that stay on one, all them plates stay on there because people look at all them plates and be like, I'm not taking them plates off. So I'm just going to probably jack my back yeah. up, pushing yeah. some shit I, I, I'm not actually strong enough to push. Yeah. I'm going to fuck my knees up and make my tendons hurt because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to take the mother weights off. And I look at it and, you know, COVID, a lot of stuff happened. I don't know how your gym is these days. My gym definitely. There's the before COVID. I mean, the gym more or less is still cool. They did update some other equipment in there, but it's parts of the gym that are like, yeah, man, COVID kind of kind of put a whooping on on the, on the gym space, and we ain't really we already know where we're going from here. So, but and I say that because, you know, somebody should go, hey, man, take all every day, take all these goddamn weights off this sled because somebody gonna come in here that need that they went to they went you know they doing physical therapy and they say yeah use your sled at your gym to do your do your pushes or do your back your back you know you you do the back pedal joints you know what I'm saying get your get your get your uh, posterior chain working and it's like yeah but there's more weights on there than I weigh <laughs> so I'm not moving them right and it's a lie some of y'all people ain't that strong then the worst part is somebody always piles up like five more plates next to those plates and next then you look over yeah. where the bench That's press is and you can't find no 45s yeah. you know why because no, they're all sitting over there by this dumbass sled so yeah i'm salty i don't like it and y'all is lying and most of y'all ain't that strong stop playing games on the on the damn uh leg press machine too you ain't that strong dog i seen it you i seen your highlights you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right. you seen a one max press yeah over there with 78 <laughs> plates on there like man i Get in a horse stance, man. You ain't. I, you, where's just you ain't strong, baby boy. You just you playing. You they're jacking your. Oh man, my back hurts. Yeah, you know why your back hurts? Because you're doing way too much weight. <laughs> you can't stop. You know what I'm saying? Do something. Do. Oh, ah, yeah, I don't know. I'm really sore. Uh, get on my nerves. Go take a class. And if it's a physical therapist out there, or somebody knows kinesiology, that just as the wheel ones are better than the sleds that just roll on the ground. That's cool. I will accept input from a knowledgeable source but right now this ain't about that this is about how i feel (laughs) (laughs) it takes the damn plates off and and another thing just attached and adjacent to that is the is the folks that like at least in my gym they get like they kind of look at like you know you start moving stuff around they like look at oh why are you moving that i'm like because this ain't this ain't the exercise i'm doing and i need to move this out the way so i can do what i need to do dog on it you got a problem with that all right then like everybody be cool. Don't start nothing. Won't be nothing up in here. You know what I'm saying? I, that, that, I got a cushy deal at the 24 hour fitness. I'm, I'm never giving up my membership. I'm, you know, 
<laughs> I got in early back in, like 20 years ago. They never did that. Damn, man, we can't get this dude without that plan at all. Nope. But y'all are going to do something about this this wheel sled and eight plates on it. Like, come on, man. That's a lot. It's a lot of weight. And everybody shouldn't be in here be able to move that. So there it is. You know, trying to make America great again through fitness. (laughs) Well, and I I think, you know, I, I think an important part about that is how are our gyms reflecting the best of our information? Or are our gyms reflecting the predilections of a particular set of people? Mm-hmm. Like, are our gyms actually about functional movement, wellness, right? Like, broadly. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think most of them are, frankly. I think some of them create space for that. But, even you know, they might say that because they have one or two TRX handles. So you can do body weight. <laughs> right like mm-hmm. or you you know they got three places you could do sets of pull-ups but the pull-ups are right next to the other machines that other people want to use so you really can't have a space just to do pull-ups yeah yeah i'm just saying if you were talking about functional movements and body weight movements and things that weren't you know what i mean not even to talk about again the things we know now about stretching and how bodies should move and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the spaces are still for a relatively discreet number of people who work out a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a, you know, someone will figure, some some gym will figure it out. I mean, I think to some degree the soul cycle equinox world for rich, largely white people have figured that out, right? The juice bar in my gym has closed down. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Say, so there's something you take from that. Uh, the pool is closed. Oh, pool ain't come back? Pool ain't come back. Damn. Yeah, pool, uh, right? Pool so, finally came back in mind, but then also they now have a, pretty much like a maybe five, four or five. Basically, there, there's a lane that they do a kid's class. Like, like all week in the evenings, you know what I'm saying? Which is clearly a like, yo, we need to make some more money. <laughs> we got we got this kids thing. They get they get that lane. They be in there doing the, the, the kids. And the kids need to learn how to swim. So I, I ain't mad. Especially, you know, my father and my uncle blue. You can't tell them shit about black kids need to learn how to swim. And I think, you know, and I'm expending brown, I'm spending brown, you know, uh our two million Latino brothers and native brothers and sisters because we know the conditions around us, and especially sometimes, whether in pools or even sometimes in our, our proximity to beaches, mm-hmm. and we be splashing around, don't know how to move with the current. So that being the case, but yeah, I just, I just think there's a there's a bigger space, like where, you know, there's a the gyms still reflect a certain kind of a person that leaves five plates by the sled, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. The gym reflects where the, all the plates are now. My gym, all the plates are over there by the bench press. <laughs> right? They, or they're over there by uh, the squat rack. Yeah. Because that's where people are doing that. Um, my grievance, my second grievance, because I kind of got my grievance off by the, pod, you know, by, <laughs> the, by the damn podcasters. 
Um, my second grievance is actually how 50 years of hip-hop was treated. And here's my thing behind why that's an issue. No matter where you got there, if you if you operate off the premise that hip hop had, you know, multiple elements. So if it's rapping, if it's DJing, if it's uh, graffiti, that then just you kind of broaden out to slash art, right? So it started with vandalism. Let's not call it nothing else. <laughs> vandalism, social protest, now... brother. Social protest. <laughs> they had to let the world know they was alive. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you got to see me. I'm out here. You know what? That is a very that is a very academic take on cornbread writing on a damn elephant at the Philadelphia Zoo. <laughs> I get you. I, I get know cornbread wrote cornbread wrote on an elephant. He I did, and I, I, I yeah yeah. I mean, you know, he might have thought later, like, yeah, that's what I why I did that. I don't know. I don't know which one preceded the other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was doing that when he was right on the alley, when it was when he was cornbread going through different neighborhoods, letting let the other gangs know that he was there. But you know, whatever. <laughs> and you know, DJing, right? I mean, and dancing, and you know, um, and I'm gonna touch on that in a second. But like, if we say that those things were the foundations of this kind of art form that you called hip hop writ large only one was really discussed mm-hmm. all four are global but only one makes money for record companies mm-hmm. so what we ended up talking about was the one that made money for record companies right so with that we get a skewed view of one, all of the ways that the art forms developed in their own ways, right? Because you do you really have a Hebrew Brantley today if you don't have hip hop art? No, you don't. You know what I mean? Do you have some of the the great artists? Do you have some of the producers? That, you know, we've talked about do you have the relationship? Oh, another book, The Life and Times of Jay Dilla by Dan Charnas. Mm-hmm. Everyone should read it. Do you really have some of the jazz stuff and the global lo-fi sound today if you don't have Jay Dilla being Jay Dilla and doing what he did with music? So there's so much bigger elements that came out of 50 years of hip-hop than VH1 and the Grammys. You, You see what I'm saying? Right, right. And I think we got the short end of the stick with being able to think about the global reaches of music, of music, of art, of, you know, sound, of movement, right? Breakdancing had, depending on your take on it, less than a 10-year run of 50 years of hip-hop. Of hip hop dance and movement, right? Yeah. Even if you assume break dancing started in seventy five, which I can't account for that, but let's just assume by eighty five, eighty six, nobody was out with cardboard, right? Right, right. Like the the people who were like dancers was still dancing, yeah. But like not yeah. just general. We went on other dances. People, it wasn't just general people. 
Yeah, we went on to other social dances and and, and it was other yeah, movement. Was yeah. So, but when people be like, 50 years of hip hop, watch some break dancers. Hold on, man. There's a whole bunch of set of other movements that people started to do. And I and that's when we give them respect to 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 the breakers. And those those dance forms influence other dance forms. Don't don't misunderstand me. But like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I understand what you're saying. Like we we just didn't we didn't take it and we didn't take what gave birth to hip hop here from a post industrial society to how did it impact Britain? How did it impact Africa? How did it impact France? How did it impact Turkey? How did it how did it impact all these places to produce musical forms? And what do those things look like today? It became a representation of a relatively small group of people curated by folks who were in the industry today. And don't get me wrong, did I like seeing black sheep do the choice is yours? Yeah, I did. Do I like seeing Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith doing a brand new funk for my own childhood benefit? Yes. But there's much more to 50 years in the influence of an art form than it being broken down to that. Yeah. Like to say hip hop has a global impact and put on Akon. Mm -hmm. Like dog, he grew up in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like he grew up in Newark. <laughs> what are you talking Listen, about? Listen, man, North Jer Jersey's a no nobody knows what goes on in New Jersey, baby. You can be <laughs> Shout out to the bricks, man. And don't get me wrong, no, it, 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 it Jersey doesn't nearly get enough credit like that whole Latifah thing with short with uh Naughty by Nature with Latifah with Poor Righteous Teachers. They did the whole thing about you know Jersey's definitely in the house, and everybody forget that business from Jersey. Right. Um, so but it's like, yo, you can't say Akon, like, yo. Burner Boy does some variation of rap and off what you could probably say is the biggest global artist in, in the world does some variation of hip hop. Yeah. It's, you can't you can't be like global hip hop, Akon. Like, come on, dog. It, you uh, can go get MC Solar or somebody from back in the day. Come, come right, on, right. Oh, snap, Solar, for real. But I think that's the wildest thing about it is that it, I feel like it almost to me, and I think we might have said this or may have stated it in another space, but it feels like it just sort of happened and it really didn't happen with us. Like it didn't, it wasn't like, yo, let's go. I mean, and then just the whole idea that you're going to do a whole 50 years of hip and, and maybe in some places, I know, I think, what's the name of them, um, you know, with the, with the museum up in the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? It's trying to do some community, community level stuff is connected to the conversation, right? Like, how we gonna we have a you know it, it it's weird right because like when I like you know the like um there's a, actually I got it saved on my what's the name to watch there's like a conversation with Carl Banks from the Giants like Rock him and I think Chuck D or Fab about like hip hop and the team and the Giants in the 80s and they got starter jackets on and like there was a, oh, there was a like there's like a real which is interesting like wow Carl Banks who knew yeah because Carl Banks called Carl Banks was outside. Yeah, he's out. I mean, yeah, we know we know Lawrence was outside. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, he was too outside. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, right. But it's like, 
there's like an aspect of this where it feels like it went on without us, right? Like it didn't, like nobody had to like go to a community center. I mean, well, one, it destroyed most places. Community centers are not like community centers were in the 70s and the early 80s in, in uh where like it was actually like you know it's it's a rec center where you pay for classes now most places as opposed to like you I can just go down to the community center and like hang out and, like they give me a free lunch and then I like right make and, and some there's art. people and there's people there who are who, there's people there who are caring people yeah um they have my back they support me but they also will be clear with me about what's expected in the space yeah yeah and like you know it's a different it's a different world now and um. So like that's my like my biggest sort of itch with it too. It's almost like, you know, a fifty years of hip hop feels like it should be a, a four or five year program of various levels of engagement and outreach and mixing the arts and policy and, and public conversation and dialogue and community gatherings and it, it just feels like we got some Grammy signs, Grammy we got a couple stage shows. I mean there's a tour, but it's all seem like stuff I gotta pay for. <laughs> it ain't something that's like, yo, we going to the the 50th, you know, the 50th gathering at this place. It's somebody, you know, this some different, you know, local artists have been supported to bring the artists from their community that, you know, we may not know well, but the, everyone there knows like together to like do stuff and like, you know, eat turkeys or something. I, I don't know. Do something that's not just uh, like a uh, commercial experience. And it, so it's kind of tough. You know what I mean, so I dig that. I dig that. It's not. It's not optimal. At least, say at least. I guess the, the book's still open. Maybe, maybe somebody can. You know, who knows? We we, we kind of pick fifty out of out of the air, so we can just keep going. You just be like, it's 50. yeah, shit. Because right, that's the whole debate. Crazy thing said. I don't even know where y'all got this name. I don't even know where y'all got this date from. Yeah, you know saying like we just keep going. We just like, nah, it's still fifty years in. By what year is it? I don't know. It's still fifty years. Party ain't over. Like you know, like the guy songs. Like, party ain't over. You know what I'm saying? So. Word up, word up. Uh, gratitude, closing gratitude. I had a couple, and um, you know, one of the things you start off with a lot of like, yeah, I'm gratitude about this, gratitude about that. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'll give a shout out to 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 um my neighborhood wildlife. So I, I've sometimes remarked about the deer that annually hang out in my yard and just sort of you know do deer things, but you know. It, it 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 is a actually a um it's quite a privilege like like I wake up you know my morning routine you know once I get all the way out to bed I get up you know I kind of do the you know I'm 47 now where you sit on the side of the bed for a minute before you can stand up and, like put your feet on the ground think about what's about to happen you know what I, mean? so I do that then I walk across and I open my blinds and I look down and sometimes in the yard is uh two three deer. Uh, was two, and then usually like babies, the does or whatever, and then they get bigger yeah. over the over the course of the year. And it's like, man, like they look at me, I look at them. Sometimes they look at me, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just down there eating grass and doing deer things. But it is a, it is a, it, it is a, um, it's a vantage point and a place to have in life that I need. I, I really appreciate that I have that like level of consistency one in my life. I wake up very like I can I can count pretty pretty solid and waking up tomorrow and like seeing that well they're not I don't know where the deer go. 
for this next couple this like time of the year, but they go somewhere they don't be in the yard no more. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they go down in another nook and cranny of the area. Go down to the valley. You know what I'm saying? They go down the valley, right? Like they over there in another pocket. But um, but it's uh, you know, as much as it's about the deer, it's also about like being, you know, I'm just really appreciative of like the life that I have and 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 the and the, and the, and the, the you know, you know, frankly the privilege that 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 comes with it the comfort that comes with you know the appreciation of having stability i think we both empathize but like coming from multi-generational working families that like you mean you need to be out there make sure you got a roof over your head like you've heard some variation of that (laughs) as a as a motivator as to what you're supposed to be making what's supposed to guide your decisions right and so um you know to the degree that 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 is true Right, that you you have like oh I can wake up, I look out my window, I see you know I live on a hill and I look west, I look east rather, so I see the the other side of the 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 kind of valley between my house and the other side of you know the community and there's trees and then there's some deer standing amongst my fruit trees, you know eating grass, dropping poop, you know what I'm saying, having a great time. And I'm like all right, man, one love to the deer. You know what I'm saying? This this is beautiful. You know, squirrels eating apples and stuff. It's wild stuff. It's like wild kingdom back there. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't need, I mean, multiple reasons why I don't need pets and not interested in any. So don't try to get me one. Because <laughs> I like to see the wild creatures. You know what I'm saying? I look out the window. It was like a uh, like a falcon in the tree the other day or something. Oh, I, was like, I was like, man, look at the falcon up there. He about to get falconating on somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's good times, hummingbirds. Is that is that an indicator or anything though? Like the falcons buy? Like is that just like is that means it's coyotes or some shit buy too? Like uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think generally falcons just don't show up. I think generally, if you if you can see the the predatory birds, it means you got a healthy, uh, you know, was it small game? You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what I was thinking. The, like, that rabbits. Means, that means they somewhere they can yeah they can just grab them and keep moving. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, it's, it's it. So it's a, um, you know, to have a sense of consistency and stability in your life is something to be appreciative of because a lot of folks in the world don't have that. Or it's tenuous, you know what I'm saying, what they do have. Or they've recently, you know, there's somebody recently, you know, losing that stability somewhere in the world, even nearby, you know what I'm saying, far, near and short. And I think it's really... uh. Day to day, being appreciative of whatever, you know, good, you know, those good things or things that give you, they give you a sense of like, um, uh, movement, a sense of growth. Um, you know, I got surprised some quick hit gratitudes after that. You know what I mean? I can run down, but I really, 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 you know, I, I like, I wake up, I work from home. <laughs> so a lot of times I spend most of my day between here and upstairs, downstairs in the kitchen, and I do like a triangle. I'm like, I'm walk upstairs and walk back downstairs. I'm walk back upstairs. I'm walk back downstairs. <laughs> what you doing today? Walking around in circles. Because I, I got right. I got this, five and my four. triangle. Triangle right. office. I got four or five meetings on the Zoom. I got some stuff I need to do, right? Which means it's not talking to people. And and then I gotta, you know, and then I'm like, oh man, I need to go breathe some oxygen. And it's like, oh, let me go look at oh look at that go to deer. They outside again. What's up, fellas? Right. Ladies. I need to move. You know, that's, right. However, that's right. However, y'all like to be referenced out, you know, I won't be picking for the deer. So um, yeah, man. So I, that's that's gonna be my closing gratitude. Just that's the, the day-to-day joy of you know life well lived, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Via vis-a-vis me and my neighborhood uh ungulates. I think they are, are they ungulates? Are they yep? Yeah, I think those are ungulates. 
Word up. Word up. So my third one is much more hollow, shallow than yours. I'm a shallow howl over here and shit. But it's <laughs> applicable. The third one I actually thought about was New Balance sneaker collaborations. Mm. And, it, it, you know, I will, it, I will be open with my challenge around this. I know enough about the head of New Balance <laughs> to know he funds a lot of questionable shit from my political perspective. I also know there's a lot of support for black designers and other creative designers globally out of the New Balance shop. Mm. You have to walk with that tenuous take on the world, right? And as black folks, we often have to walk with that tenuous take on the world. But I, I wanted to say, because I think there's something to be said for as you get older, like, and with the sportswear phenomenon, and then with the changing phenomenon, and now the baggy suits in 1992 is back in style. You know, if you got an uncle that had a suit that, you know, they went to go to the jazz club, when they went to go see George Duke in 92, tell them to bring it back out. It's back. <laughs> he's back in effect. It's back. Yeah, you could just wear just a black shirt underneath a, a brown suit <laughs> and it's okay again. <laughs> you know, no one no one wants you to be sartorial. No one wants you to have the Atari, Italian sartorial look and have a handlebar mustache and everything be white like you're in Copenhagen, right? So that being said, the creative stuff that comes out of New Balance, the sneaker collaborations, the ones they did with Action Bronson, with the 990s this year, the ones they've done with Joe Fresh Goods out of uh, Chicago. Shout out to the brother Joe Fresh Goods, who's done amazing collaborations, community-based collaborations with um, with New Balance. Um, then also PADA, a group, of, a crew out of Amsterdam, a company out of Amsterdam is huge globally, uh, doing a collaboration. You know, it just... Really interesting stuff. I mean, in the past, New Balance has done their DMV shoe, acknowledging that basically DC is responsible for their global growth, hmm. which if you grew up in the 90s on the East Coast, you knew that anyway. Yeah. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> you, you knew that, but if you didn't know that, it's important that they have been a supporter of the DMV area around shoes and making sure that that's recognized. And so I just thought, like, that's where like fashion and and design and those kind of things keep things interesting. And I think we're at a space where, you know, companies, you know, Nike, listen, if y'all want to send us some Jordan twos, knock yourself out, but I'm going to say this, like at some point, how many times can you keep redoing the same shoe? And you could argue that about the New Balance too, but I just think the doing the partnership with the designers gives people a way in in mm. a unique way right it gives them a chance to see and be seen then i think they do a pretty good job at it and they do a good job of having a shoe that an older man can wear and my son you know what i'm saying like me and beside aren't both wearing jordans he might wear it, but i ain't mm -hmm. then it's some shit i'm aware he ain't gonna wear it. he's like i'm not wearing that dog <laughs> right like <laughs> Like yeah, I'm not yeah. That that's that that that's an old head shoe. New balances are probably the only shoe that we can wear together that we both think are applicable to our lifestyles, which is saying something. 
Mm. So, on the fashion tip, style tip, New Bell, I like what y'all do. I don't know about the politics of supporting Trump and DeSantis, but again, you know, we often we have to yeah. <laughs> we have to navigate I mean, this thing. Well, we go, but we go, you know, it's it's yeah, you know, as well. I mean, in reference to my earlier grievance, you know. You know, get out there and get engaged. You know what I'm saying? They are. <laughs> yeah, you know people, people who have an interest. People got people interest. Who, people who have an interest in saving money and and not, you know, they have an interest in things. And sometimes it gets just that one dimensional. There are people who have an interest in particular parties that are just that one dimensional. Yeah. Um. So, Shit. but yeah, man. No, this was um, this was a good year. I mean, salute to you for. Your accomplishments, you know, it's almost like a, a thing where you do as a testament to the fact that you're doing great things. You can't maybe record quite as much because you're doing shit. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get this together. Oh, keep you know making the audio so, art, but you know, it'd be like, oh yeah. man, I gotta, gotta do a thing, gotta go to something, I gotta. But the civic stuff gets in the civic stuff gets there. But I think you know, I'm looking forward to. An amazing next year with with some of the things that we have um, on the agenda, man. And just wanted to say, you know, tip my crown to you for another great year of uh, being able to communicate with people who see and think about things. Um, sometimes like we do, and sometimes different. Yeah, absolutely. And um, only um, footnote I'll add to that is like, you know, one view may like make some time to be uh, reflective of, of what 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 you got going on. Um, especially what's going on well like and it's okay to be aware of your grievances and, and i like the idea of a grievance because it's like i mean you know i, I could be a curmudgeon and, 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 and sometimes a hater who knows you know I, I bear witness that but like you know that's strong language you know what i'm saying like you know sometimes it's like i got i got reservations about that or this but I, and i'm trying to sort those out but um but really being clear about what what you're appreciative of what you, um what's going well in your world um, you know that that the gratitude piece is really um, you know, it's where it's at, man. Like all this other stuff in terms of um motivation or like why or what. It's like you know, I think uh, have some love and some gratitude, some 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 kindness, some care. It, it I think goes further, and um, you know, I, I would encourage folks to tap in. You know, it's gonna be a busy twenty twenty four. You know what I'm saying? 2023. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I got a bonus, bon bonus gratitude to my uh to to my turntable over here that I think I need a new needle or something because it's mad fuzzy when I was trying to listen to a record after not listening to a record for a while and you get used to doing something, something working when when, it, when you don't use it in a long time, then you work use it and it yeah. works. You're like, yeah, it's probably fine. And it's like maybe, maybe it's finally starting to break down. So I gotta deal with that. But um you know, shout out to these bins. I, I cleaning up my uh trying to make space in the house and cleaning up the, the boy wonders uh old Legos. So I can put them in storage in, in somewhere he can you know access them whenever he get around to that. Shout out to uh Miles Turner of the of the Indiana Pacers because he built with the Legos, you know what I'm saying? People was was trying to clown that man, but man, you play with you do build with them Legos. You know what I'm saying? I don't play with Legos. I build. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here creating projects. You know what I'm saying? I ain't just fiddle faddling. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to uh 
you know, all various forms of creative productivity and, and, and very also, especially if it helps you to be well. You Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we, we save less later. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing yeah, man. big old rundown. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, don't take no wood nickels. You know what I'm saying? Don't do too much on New Year's Eve. You know what I'm saying? You, you gotta, you still got to work in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> right, you still got 24 hours after that. You got to go to work on, if not the second, the third. third. Get yourself together. <laughs> Get it together, brother. Get it together, sister. <laughs> All right. So with that, I'll say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Good Brothers is a part of the Ask Your Old Head podcast. And what a year. Uh, you know, I'm going to say what I always say. You can support the podcast by listening, rating, and subscribing wherever you listen. You can also search up Justice Raji on Patreon and become a patron. You can also still go to either the Etsy shop or just go to AskYourOldHead.com and click on shop and buy a sweatshirt or something and you know all those proceeds go to cover the cost of keeping this on the internet it's been a a busier year than expected so i hope closing with some primarily gratitude is a a value to you uh the year oh man 2024 you're gonna be on one so be there be vibe with us um as a go-to finally or you know whenever to the next stage what will be and what is but um in any event, I'm going to stop rambling and let you get on with the rest of your end of the year. And, uh, you know, be well. Thanks for listening. Peace.